0: Welcome to So Here's The Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Laila Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail and let's get real. Oh, I am so excited to have you on the show, Ellen. Okay, so... You are incredible. I adore you. We have already had a really great conversation about this similar topic uh, for my conference, the Creative Entrepreneur Conference. It's a free virtual conference that you were kind enough to partake in. And I'm so excited to get that into the hands of our community members. But we're really excited to have even more of a candid conversation with you here on the podcast. Um, Tell us all about yourself and, you know, like, your history and tell us about your podcast and your program because you're freaking awesome. And I want everybody to get to know you a little bit better.
1: Oh my gosh, you are the best like cheerleader ever. Thank you, Laylee. I'm so excited to be on your show, honored to be part of the conference. So my name is Ellen and I am the host of the Cubicle to CEO podcast. I'm also the creator of Cubicle to CEO in an annual membership, helping service-based entrepreneurs make their first $10,000 a month without a large audience or posting every day. And My business started over three years ago at the beginning of 2018. Well, actually, let me backtrack two months. At the end of 2017, I left my corporate job without a backup plan, just quit. Don't worry. I mean, I gave my notice, so I was, (laughs) it's not like I literally left everyone hanging, but I, I didn't have anything lined up after. And at the time when I quit, I totally thought I was just going to apply for another marketing job, maybe move to a bigger city. I had no intention of being an entrepreneur, but what happened was during that job search process, I actually got, uh, reconnected to, to a coworker at the job that I had left and him and his wife own these local coffee businesses. And they heard through the grapevine that I knew a thing or two about Instagram. And were wondering if I could help get their accounts off the ground. So I said, yes, because it sounded like a fun project. I liked them. I wanted to help them. And, you know, it was, it was a small project. It was $300. And I think what was so profound about that opportunity though, was it opened my eyes to, Oh, I have a skill set that I can monetize that people are actually willing to pay me for. And if I can get them as a client, I know I can do this again. I can, I can get another client and another client and bigger accounts and, you know, greater scope. And so That's kind of how it built. And within the first 12 months being in business, we had scaled that to a six-figure social media marketing agency. And for the first couple of years, we were really focused on high ticket, done for you client services. And then in 2020, we made a, a huge pivot in our business where we really scaled back our client services. We now only have a handful and we're not taking on any new clients. And we put all of our energy and focus into digital products, courses, and my, my online membership and scaling that. And so that's what we've been doing for the last year. And we've now had the opportunity to serve over 6,000 entrepreneurs and really help people sell with small audiences online. So that's my passion. I'm super, super excited to be, be a voice in this space and tell you guys, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to stress yourselves out being on the content hamster wheel. There is a way to, to market like a minimalist. That's, that's my thing.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that market, like a minimalist. Oh, speaking to my heart. Um, and I love hearing, this is why I love hearing people's stories. Like Honestly, the whole accidental entrepreneur thing happens all the time, but I mm-hmm. love what you said about finally like seeing that there is something that you can charge for that you're good at that's just an like I want to say almost like a natural skill set that you didn't necessarily think to monetize on before. I think that happens a lot. Um there's this huge conversation right now about diversifying your revenue streams and how important that is and how 2020 really taught us that that is so important to not put all of your eggs in one basket. And so a lot of service providers, I think are like really grasping at like, oh my gosh, well, what else can I do? Like, I don't even know. I have no idea what what additional revenue stream or what additional offering I could create or share about. And I love that you kind of organically found yours. Do you have any advice for people who um, maybe like that opportunity won't come up for them to be shown something that they can monetize? Like, What would you tell to one of your membership students who is a service provider who wants to scale or diversify?
1: I always ask people, what are you the go to person for in your circle of friends, in your personal network, in your professional network? Because I think the questions that you get the most often are very illuminating to tell you how people view you in terms of an expert in a specific area. And so sometimes we're so good at things or things come so second nature to us that we just feel, like it's, it's normal. Like everyone, everyone can, you know, sew their own clothes. Everyone can train a dog with no problem. Everyone just has all the best outfit ideas for date night. You know, those things come really natural to some people. And so for them, they're like, there's no way someone would ever pay me for this knowledge or this set because, because it seems so second nature, but you have to understand that that's because that's your gift. That's your talent. And there's so many people like me. If you asked me to help style you for a date night, like, Oh, good luck. <laughs> don't take any pictures. I don't know. <laughs> or like if, if you asked me to train your dog or to sew you something, Oh gosh, like home ec, I need a refresher. So just realize that skills Are So unique to you. And if you don't know how to diversify your income, just start paying attention, start listening and really look at what are the people in my audience, in my community, in my network, what are they asking me? What have I done recently to help someone with an existing skill set or the knowledge in my head? And how do I take that one example and actually build an offer out of it that can impact more people?
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. I hope y'all, if you were not paying attention, you guys like go rewind. What is this? 1994, go back, (laughs) get back and listen to what Ellen just said. That is the most bomb advice. And actually that's how I created the creative educator Academy. It was not my idea. It was someone else's idea of, um, this, one of my industry peers who I love to death We're such good friends. And she told me, I am wanting to create a course, but I have no idea how to teach. And like, I wish I had your background. Like you can create curriculum. Can you help me create the curriculum for my course? And Mm -hmm. as I was helping her, she was like, you need to give this to everybody in the industry. Mm -hmm. People don't know how to teach. And to me, I was like, this isn't, this isn't a thing. Like it's not that hard, (laughs) but it is. I mean, pay by paying attention to what other people are asking from you we just all have such differing um, areas of expertise and such differing, mm-hmm. differing upbringings and backgrounds that we just don't think about what somebody else needs. So that is just golden advice. I'm obsessed with it. Okay, so you. we've listened to what people have told us. We have ideas. Now, how do we get to 10K months without a large audience on Instagram? Everybody wants to swipe up. Everybody wants 10K. You and I had a good conversation off the air. <laughs> a couple weeks back when we recorded for the conference and we were like, we should have hit record. And you were telling me about the swipe up and how it's overrated. Tell me all about that.
1: Oh yeah. The swipe up is so overrated guys. I, I know a lot of you want to get to 10 K because you really covet that swipe up and it makes you feel more official. And everybody wants to be able to say, you know, swipe up for the link or whatever. And yeah, sure. It's fun. And it's a novelty, but At the same time when you really look at the data and this is and i'm speaking on you know my personal experience but also the experience of a lot of my friends in this industry if you have really great content that calls people to action and your and your profile your ig bio is optimized i'm willing to bet you are going to get so many more click-throughs in the link in your bio than any swipe up you put in your stories and so Don't feel like if you can't add a swipe up link that for some reason, that is what's hindering you from growing in your business because it's not, that's, that's just a lie. So the way that I like to approach Instagram is different for most people because, and I always like to provide context for the advice that I'm giving, because I want to make it clear that I am specifically speaking to service providers who work one-on-one with clients. If you are, I don't know, an e-commerce shop owner, this may not apply to you. So just be aware. But the way I look at Instagram is if you view Instagram as someone where your objective is to have a massive following and get a ton of engagement, you're going to approach that platform very differently than someone who looks at it and says, I want to use Instagram as a traffic generator to get sales. Okay two totally different end goals and the approaches are different. So I fall in the latter camp. I really could care less what the algorithm does, how many likes I get, how many followers I have. I just literally don't care. So (laughs) I'm like the worst Instagram educator in that aspect, but also maybe might change your life to think about it that way. So how I approach Instagram is that I really believe that you don't need a large audience because your ideal clients already exist on Instagram. It's not like you have to create them from scratch. These people exist. They're using the platform every single day. They are just conveniently congregated in communities built by other people, which is so helpful. Like you, like, if you think about who you want to reach, think about the key influencers, those types of people already follow. Think about what hashtag communities they already exist in. This is like, you know, all the traffic that you want, just pushed into one convenient location. And all you have to do is go stand in front of that traffic source, connect with that traffic source and bring those eyeballs to your page. So who cares if you only have a hundred followers, because your 100,000 dream clients are already congregated somewhere else. And you can bring that traffic over to your profile.
0: Oh my gosh. What a like freeing and refreshing way to think about Instagram. I personally always say like, I know a lot of people have a love hate relationship with Instagram. I just personally love it. I have fun there and I don't really worry that much about like what else is going on, which probably is not like the best strategy, but I like it. (laughs) Um, okay. So I love this. I love this concept. I would love to like do like a deeper dive into it and talk about like a few ways that, that we can get in front of those pre existing communities. Like Um, the, the traffic sources that you want to go stand in front of, like, how do we stand in front of them? And, and you mentioned something earlier that stuck out to me about optimizing your bio, things Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, this is embarrassing. I'm going to admit this because these are, these are my people and you're one of my people, but like (laughs) I spent, we had a annual team planning retreat in Mm -hmm. January where I like flew out my team members. We all like hold up in a house for like a, a couple of days and we spent like an hour and a half on my Instagram bio because we realized that our messaging has to be like so spot on. It has to be so clear. It has to be so concise. And Instagram is amazing because it forces you to be concise. So um, A, I'd love to hear how to get in front of those traffic sources that you mentioned. And B, I'd love to hear like your tips and tricks on optimizing that bio and being really clear in your messaging. And is that important anyway? Or is that just something I think is important?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so important. It's, it's, it's the most important thing you can do. Your messaging and your clarity is what drives conversions. And, you know, we, we have a mutual friend Haley, right? She always says clever doesn't convert clarity converts. And I love that. I, I, that message is like ingrained in my brain because I think it's so, so valuable. And here's, okay. Let me start with the bio. The way I like to describe the bio is, I tell my community that is your 24/7 billboard. It never sleeps. Even if you, you know, ditch your phone for 3 weeks, your bio if it's if it's optimized should be converting for you all the time. It should be selling for you all the time. And every single post on your feed should be a little unit in your sales army, pre-selling your people, crushing their objections, and always educating them on taking that next step. So just realize how important it is for you to have a lot of clarity and intention in what you are creating. That's why I don't post every day. I mean, literally there are months where I post one time. It doesn't matter because my my content is all evergreen, meaning that it's relevant no matter when somebody finds it. So I'm not stressing out about trying to be consistent about posting because I don't care about how many likes I get. Again, it's all about perspective and and what your end objective is, right? So with your bio someone needs to be able to tell in literally 10 seconds, if you're speaking to them. So you need to make sure you have a clear call out in terms of who you're talking to, what is that identity? How do they describe themselves? And what is the one specific result that you are providing them? And what is the one biggest thing that's standing in their way of having that result? That should be in your bio, that should be super crystal clear. And in my membership, we actually take people through a very in-depth market research process to help them craft that perfect power of one statement. That's what I call it. And we do lots of, lots of workshopping to really help people nail that. So, you know, I, I think it's, I think that's a great place to start in terms of optimizing your bio and making sure those keywords are, you know, in, in your name, um, in your name field and that they're searchable. Now moving to to traffic sources and how to generate traffic from other people's traffic sources, I think we often forget that social media is about being actually social. And so a lot of times people post things and they're they're like, oh, woe is me. Instagram hates me. Nobody sees my content. And then I asked them, well, what are, what exactly are you doing? Like, are you just like posting and they're just like waiting for, <laughs> waiting for magic to happen? Because yeah, it might not happen unless you, you know, hit the jackpot and go mini viral or whatever. And so I actually spend probably 90% of my time on Instagram connecting and only 10% of the time do I ever really create content because I'm very intentional with the content that I create. So For me, when I'm on Instagram, I'm always thinking about, okay, again, where do my existing ideal uh, clients or customers already hang out? And how do I make them Feel seen. It's not about you. Um, you become interesting by first being interested. So stop trying to show up in people's DMs and sell your things. Stop trying to cold pitch or or you know, whatever it is that you do. <laughs> Make sure that you are taking the time to actually consume other people's content and connect with them on what is top of mind for them, what's important to them, what's interesting to them. So always make it about the other person. And if you can spend a solid amount of time every single week connecting with other people, I guarantee you just based on human curiosity, your traffic on your profile will go up.
0: Oh my gosh. I love this advice so much. Like you guys can't see me, but Ellen can. And I'm like throwing up my praise hands and I'm like, yes, because I, there is, there are a few things in this world that I hate more than being cold pitched on an Instagram DM. Mm -hmm. I just assume it's spam. And I know it's not sometimes I'm just like delete block, move on. I cannot handle it. Like it is not a conversation. I want to have an Instagram in my DMs. Like I said, I do not have a love hate relationship with Instagram. I just love it. And these people are making me hate it. So if that's Mm -hmm. you, no shade, just stop doing it. Like stop right now. Listen to Ellen she's the expert this is her job (laughs) i love that i can say that because i just me hating it is not expertise it's just my opinion but um (laughs) i will say like i i feel like i learn more about things not to do uh, when somebody approaches me and sells in a way i don't want to be sold to so thank you for sharing that so when you're engaging with these people what is it what's like a great organic i love that you mentioned that people need to listen before they speak or that you know you need to actually show interest Um, in order for people to be interested. So once you've started that rapport and you've started that relationship, like what's an organic way? I think people get really nervous to then come across as salesy if you want to bring up like, oh, I have this thing going on that you would be a good fit for. Or if somebody reaches out, I feel like I've maybe talked to you about this before. If someone reaches out and they have a question about your program or your offering or whatever it is that you do, whatever your business is, And you're like, yeah, here's the information you asked for. And then they're like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't do that right now. Like I can't afford it. I don't have the time for it. Like they have a more objections. How do you then like, as a, you know, like social friend, how do you approach situations like that in order to grow your actual business?
1: Yeah, these are all great questions. And first off, if you are listening to this right now and you're resonating with this conversation I want you to know that obviously we only have, you know, a short amount of time here, so I can't get too nitty gritty, but if you do want to watch my free masterclass on this topic, I go way more in depth and you can get that at ellenyen.com slash get clients. And, you know, we'll cover more analogies, more examples, blah, blah, blah. But short answer is that, when it comes to connection in the DMs and and not being salesy in the DMs, the only time you can ever come across salesy is when you tell someone to do something that they don't want to do. That's when you come across pushy, desperate salesy. And so in the DMs, I always believe that when you, when someone's like asking about, um, you know, your program and and maybe they have an objection or even if you're just having a natural conversation, don't tell someone, Hey, I think you're a good fit for blah, blah, blah. And here's all the information about it. Because what you're doing right there is you are taking their autonomy away and you are assuming something about them. You're assuming based on, you know, whatever that they are a good fit for X, Y, Z, but you don't know that because you didn't ask. And so I always say, treat your conversations in your DMS like a tennis match. It should be one serve, another serve back one serve, another serve back, not like a word vomit and then hoping someone takes action from that. So when you are having conversation, be a detective, look for clues, ask questions. And if someone vocalizes something where you actually do believe that one of your services or your programs would be a good fit for them, don't assume and tell them that ask them and say, Hey, it sounds like you're saying confirm whatever it is that you think they said, I actually have something that could help you with maybe insert whatever, you know, pain point they have would you, would you like the link for that? Or would, would that be helpful to you? Ask them. And if they give you their, their, um, their consent, then you can send them more information. I think that's really important is that in this day and age of digital conversations where everything is so, so quick, we forget that we're talking to a human and that nobody likes to be, you know, dictated at or told what to do. They, they really want to feel like they're in control and have the ability to to say yes or no to that. So I hope that helps a little bit. I don't know. I know you asked a bunch of questions, so I'm sorry if I missed one of those, but does that kind of answer what you were talking about lately?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sorry. I know I'm like rapid firing questions at you. I'll be so (laughs) pumped about it. That was perfect. And totally, totally answered my question. Um, and I feel like honestly, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just like feeling super woo woo today, but like (laughs) everything that you're saying, I think is such great life advice, not just Instagram advice. Like I think everything that you've said so far is something that people should apply in real life as well as on social media. Whenever you're speaking to anybody in your business or in your life, like paying attention to people's signs Mm -hmm. and paying attention to what they are, um, reacting to and making sure that it is like a tennis match, that it's a back and forth and that it's not just you kind of, like you said, taking away their autonomy and just assuming things is is just key life advice there. So thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. So you guys know I like to keep things bite-sized. That was so much content, so much great information, but I have to end with my signature question. What is your unpopular opinion on growing your Instagram in order to grow your business?
1: My unpopular opinion is that you do not have to grow your Instagram to grow your business. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I know a lot of you probably, you know, look at that statement and say that no way. But I promise you guys, like, there are people I know who have millions of followers and literally, they like they're broke. They can't you know pay their bills. And then I also know people who have like two thousand followers who are seven figure business owners. It if you understand how to actually utilize traffic and drive it to a converting sales system which is you know what i teach teach my community that's when you can build a profitable business it's really not about the number of followers you have
0: i love that and i completely agree i mean Honestly, I talk about this a lot on the show. I I do not have a massive following whatsoever, but we are very comfortable. I take care of my team, we're good. Like I, I it's not something that's top of mind for me because it doesn't need to be. Um, mm-hmm. My following is loyal, my funnels are set up, like I'm good. Um, And so I, I like to encourage that. Like, yeah, it's fun to have a lot of followers. It's fun to swipe up, like all the, th- I, lo- I love people. So the more people, the better. But at the end of the day, I think people tend to put so much stock into it that it prevents them from moving forward and actually doing the work that can that can help them succeed. So, I really appreciate your time, guys. We're gonna link all of Ellen's stuff, her membership links, and her masterclass, and all the, all the ways to get in touch with her, her podcast. But Ellen, where what's the best place to like hang out with you?
1: Definitely my podcast every Monday, Keep It Cold to CEO podcast, and in my in my DMs on Instagram at Miss Ellen Yin.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. Thank you. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so com, And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.